So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews 13. We're going to look at, we're gonna look at a, a, a passage for a minute that um, is a pretty amazing culmination of what, what God has done through the Son. And Hebrews is all about the amazingness of Jesus and the sufficiency of Jesus and the finished work of Jesus. So um, I recommend reading Hebrews along with the rest of your Bible at some point. Um, but uh, before we read the, this passage, I wanted to explain the context for why we're reading it tonight and also the context for the time that we're moving into. Um, next week, we're going to be starting a, a series um, uh, for the season of Lent that we're moving into. And... Um, the, the title of that series is um, In Pursuit of You, and I, I really believe that um, as we move into Lent that God is um, wanting to deepen our relationship with Him, and He's wanting to, in the process, bring us back to the simplicity of what it means to know Him and the joy um, that's found in that place. And I, I think sometimes we get um, caught up with the, the peripheral um, sort of fruit, if you will, of life in the kingdom, but um, sometimes those things can be a distraction from uh, what is really the essence of life in the kingdom, which is knowing him. And I know in my own life that's sort of been the case recently, and I feel like God is, um, in his grace, he's wanting to just bring us back to simplicity, and he's wanting to bring us back to the essential. Um, and so, uh, I really believe a season of Lent is going to be about that for us. But um, this idea in pursuit of you, um, this is the amazing truth that actually before we ever went looking for God, he was looking for us. Before we ever sought him out, before we ever had a desire, inkling in our heart to know him, he was desiring to know us and sought us out. And that's the essence of the gospel and we see the culmination of that. In the life of Jesus. And so we're going to go through uh, a couple of stories over the season of Lent that I believe really show the heart of God in pursuit of humanity and pursuit of um, making himself known and in knowing us. And so um, join us for that. But this message, I really felt like tonight is a great chance for us to sort of prepare our hearts for what's to come in the season of Lent. And um, for some of you, um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we probably have a wide range of backgrounds in terms of where we enter into this conversation. I know for me, I didn't grow up with Lent um, as part of um, what we did in church. Um, some of you may. Um, so it's been a fairly um, recent thing for, for me and for us as a, as a, um, as a church community. And um, I, I feel like my perception of Lent for a long time was that it was sort of this time where um, we sort of um, entered into the process of, of giving things up um, for some reason. Maybe that in the process of giving some things up, God would be happier with us. Um, that's just my simple understanding. I just, I saw friends in high school where I'm from, you know, it's, uh, it was like, it meant Fish Fridays. Which I'm like, why don't you just have fish every day? Is that really such a bad thing? Um, I love seafood, so that wasn't really that big of a sacrifice in my mind. Fish Fridays, I mean, you, can't have, you couldn't have red meat. Instead, you're going to have um, 
fish. Anyway, that was sort of the perception of Lent growing up. Um, and what I really just want to bring us to, regardless of where you come into this um, experience-wise, I really believe that if we just give something up but we don't understand why and we don't understand um, that actually it's not just about giving something up but it's actually about attaining something. It's, it's about taking hold of something. And if we don't understand that, then we can give, you know, we can give everything up but be doing it for the wrong reasons and actually missing the point. And so in the call to, to give something up, I believe we need to see that there's something better that we're after and there's something better that God wants for us and that actually in that there's perhaps an exchange that's taking place where we're, we're only giving something up because there's something better to be had. You're letting go of something so you can get something better. And I believe that in, if we look at it from that standpoint, then perhaps um, we will have a right motivation and it will be a fruitful time. Um, and, and the question is, what is the thing that we're after? What is the thing that we're, we're um, sort of seeking to attain? And I believe at the core, it's, it's him. It's to know him more. It's to know him more. It's not to gain his approval. It's not to gain his love. We have those things already. It's, it's actually to know him more. Um, and so that's what we're after. We're after relationship with him. We're after deepening and cultivating and protecting relationship with him. I believe in that process there are things that God is saying they are not helping that. And perhaps those are the type of things that God is calling us to, um, to, to um, purge our lives of. Um, okay? Does that make sense? So um, I want to read this passage tonight, and I want to um, actually um, just share a couple of things that I wrote down that I felt like the Lord gave me sort of images related to this and um, give you guys a one application for this week as we jump into the season of Lent. Um, Hebrews 13, go, sorry, not 13. I said 13, but it's 12 actually. Okay. Hebrews 12, starting verse 18. I'm just going to read this whole part because it, it kind of all goes together. So, um, Follow along if you can, and I'll, I'll explain a few things. It says in verse 18, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blaster, to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. He's talking about the mountain that the people of God were called to in Exodus um, to meet with him, to worship him. He's like, that's not the mountain you've been called to. It says about that mountain, because they could not bear what was commanded, if even an animal touches the mountain, this is God speaking, it must be stoned to death. He says, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Doesn't sound very good. Verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. This is a completely different Mountain, And there's this contrast that's being made here. It says, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling of 
to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That is a lot that's packed into that. But I want you to know is that at at the end of the day, God's saying, you have come to a way better mountain. You've arrived at a way better place. And it's because of the finished work of Jesus. And that finished work is is by which you have a new covenant. You have a new relationship with God. Access to things that you didn't have access to before. And he says, in fact, it's his blood sprinkled over you um, that, that brings forgiveness. And it's a word that's been spoken that's a word that's better than the blood of Abel. And that's the word of forgiveness. You've received the word of forgiveness spoken over you through the blood of Jesus, through his sacrifice. Okay? See to it. In light of this, okay, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. So there's a call, a call to come to God. Come to the one who you've been given a way to access now. That, that other mountain, there was, there was fear. And because of fear, there was not access to God. And he says, you've been given a way. So because of that, do not refuse him who speaks. He says, if they did not... Escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice, and this is the part I really want to hone in on tonight. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things. Removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. I'm going to just finish it up here. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. This passage is... um, Again, a contrast between where we were and where we are now. And I don't have time to go into it all, but really what I want to get at is this last part here. And there's a picture. He says that, that there is this word once more indicating the removing of what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And I believe it's a picture of what God wants to do in our lives. In the, it's the purifying process. It's the pruning process. It's the process of filtering out the things that have no value, the things that have no worth, the things that will not last in your life so that what's left is the eternal. So that's what, what is left is that of value, that of worth. That is the work that God is wanting to do in your life. And, and central to what is of worth is him. When you filter away, when you get rid of the things that, that won't remain, what will be left is him. Do you see it? And so I really believe that as we enter into the season of Lent, what we're after is knowing him more. And the good news is that he is after that same thing as well. In fact, he wants it so much more than you and I ever could. And, and that's what this is about. He has made a way for us to, to climb up a completely different mountain. And this mountain is one full of joy and it's one full of access to knowing him.
You have access to know him, and it's through the blood of Jesus. And God is saying, don't waste that. Don't overlook that. Don't diminish the amazing um, gift that you've been given. I want to read... um, I want to read a couple things that I've written here that I felt like the Lord gave me um, related to this passage. And um, I believe that these will be perhaps two pictures of, of what it might look like. I, I, think that, um, I think that in the call to, to giving up, to getting rid of, um, a lot of times there's this anxiety that comes because we sometimes think the things that God might ask, are, ask for are the things that we really want or need. And we think that, I think sometimes we view God as being the one who wants to take away the things that we really want or need or love in the process to somehow take away our joy. I want you to know that's not what God is like. <laughs> I'll say it again. That's not what he's like. That's not the kind of father we have. Okay, And so I want to give a picture because I believe that, that um, actually what God wants to do is he wants to show us that perhaps some of the things that he wants to remove from our life aren't actually beneficial for us. But until we trust that he, in fact, is after our good, we won't come into agreement with that. And we might actually hold on to the very things that God say, those things aren't helping you, they're hurting you. So I have two pictures here. And what I would like to do is just ask you to Go here with me and just visualize this, okay? So this is a visual exercise of, of sorts. And I'm just going to go from one into the other. And trust me enough to just close your eyes and sit there and, and picture this with me, okay? If you still have your eyes open, I can see you, okay? <laughs> close your eyes. This will be good for you, I promise. I know. You thought I was going to close my eyes too? No. I have to read this. So, all right, close your eyes. All eyes closed. <laughs> I love you guys. Okay. Picture this. Picture a crowded mall. Some of you are scared already. (laughs) Picture a crowded mall. You and your loved one sitting only feet from each other. Yet the noise has you feeling miles away. You can't hear the other or even yourself. Your thoughts drowned out by the crowds. Then, in the midst, a whisper breaks through. Come away with me. Someplace quiet. Distraction-free. No noise. No flash. No bustle. Just you and your love. Face-to-face, breathing in deeply, this exchange of presence. Suddenly, you can hear. If only the silence, your sight is singular. This is the place where love is nurtured. This is the place where communication springs forth. This is the place where you can just be together. I want to switch to another scene. I want you to picture a room. It's a room full of things. Things piled on more things. It's the result of time and desire. On their own, none of which 
much have much significance, but together their sum totals presence. These things are now occupants, inhabitants. They are cluttering, yet comforting. Then the radical thought comes, let go. It is a thought that is both exciting and frightening. In order to let go, you must first stop justifying their existence as normal and necessary. You must conclude that, in fact, you are better off without these friends in your life. Only then can you let go. And with the strength of someone more, you begin to purge. Before too long, you can see what has long been covered by things, the important, fundamental elements, the trivial no longer in the way. You are now free to enjoy what is essential. I want to take us into a time of prayer. I believe both of those pictures are Ways in which God is calling us to let him shake what can be shaken. And thus, by his grace, bringing us back to what we were made for. By his grace, bringing us back to the essential, the fundamental, the life-giving things. I believe for each of us, there are relationships that even good relationships that we need to reprioritize for the sake of knowing him. For the sake of making relationship with him first and foremost. And God is saying, I want to, by my grace, remove the noise. Bring you to a quiet place so it's just you and me. I believe that he is wanting to speak and some of us have given up on the truth of that because we haven't been able to hear him for so long. And the truth is not that he's been silent, but that our, our lives have been so full of noise. I believe the Lord is saying, do you trust me to be alone? It's in this place. By my grace, you will hear me. I believe at the same time there are things that we found comfort in. Things that aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. But things that at the same time can't give life. Things that have comforted us but are not life itself. And God is saying by my grace I want to show you what's important. I want to uncover what is essential. I want to reveal to you what is life-giving and what is foundational and what you can stand on because it's secure and it's not shakable. Do you trust me? I believe it looks different for each one of us and I believe there is a to action that I want to challenge us with as we close in prayer. I believe that the Lord 
wants to speak uniquely into these areas of your life, if we just come up with a few things on our own that we think might be sufficient or significant to give up, I believe we're, we're perhaps missing the point. So I want to invite us to go to him this week. And I want to invite us to ask him, God, where's the noise that needs to be silenced? Where are the relationships that even for a time perhaps need to be distanced from? Where are the relationships that perhaps need to be severed because they're not life-giving? And let him speak into that. And at at the same time, ask him, Lord, what? needs to be removed? What needs to be simplified? What, what is clutter in my life that by your grace you're, you're calling me to let go of, even as frightening as that might be? And let him speak into that. In the process, ask him, God, what is the better? What is the better thing? What is the more? What is the abundant life that you have for me? Help me to see it. Help me to make that exchange. And I just I want to invite you to, to commit to say yes to whatever he speaks, even beforehand, even before you know what it is, because he's trustworthy and true. Resolve to say yes to those things. And if you need help, ask him for help. or ask others for help. So Jesus, I just thank you that that's what you want to do. I thank you that in this time, God, you are shaking what is not of worth, God, so that what remains is what is true and good and noble and beautiful and lasting in our lives. And I pray for this season, God, that would be a a season of immense fellowship with you, a season of immense intimacy with you, that we would know you like we've never known you before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're taking us there. Yes, Lord. Praise your name.